This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Paul Muller, CEO and co-founder of Adjust. Paul, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Thanks for having me. All right. So all of us get up in the morning and move through the day doing a bunch of things, living our busy lives and, to be honest, quite crazy ones as now. We need to perform <laughs> a lot of tasks, small and big. To help ourselves organize our life better, we automate some of those tasks and a couple of simple examples could be have your calendar app suggesting you to create an event automatically based on the content of your email or creating a Google alert in a Google account to keep tabs on a specific topic for work. Now, people who are in online marketing know firsthand what it takes to be efficient with what you're doing for a living. Put it simply, today it's just impossible to do marketing without automation. On today's episode, we want to talk about marketing automation on mobile. And to do that, we invited Paul to break it down for us. But before doing that, Paul, please tell the audience about yourself. Sure. As already mentioned, I'm the co-founder and CTO of Adjust, and Adjust is a mobile attribution company. And before that, I've actually been an app publisher myself. That that means that I published some of the very, very first apps in the store, and some of the very first apps in the store were actually these app finder apps or these meta apps that presented you with, you know, what is cool around the world and which apps did you miss? And from that, it quickly became necessary to be able to track downloads because people wanted to be in the number one slot and have a sponsored position in that app and wanted to you know, pay us on, on the success and the impact we had on their business. And that technology uh-huh. later on became Adjust, which is exactly what Adjust does, is tell you the effectivity of your marketing campaign. So when you run marketing for your app, we tell you what is the effective return on your ad spend. And that's pretty much how we started out. And from there on out, we took these kind of next steps into automation quite recently. We acquired a company around one and a half years ago that had a strong focus on that. After having asked the simple question to our clients, what is it that you do all day? Because as you said, you know, there's, uh, our days are filled with kind of small repetitive tasks a lot of the time. And when it comes to app marketing, it was really surprising to us how out of hand the repetitive part of this job had, has gotten, right? If you run with a number of networks and you want to be able to run a lot of campaigns with these networks, you often simply get into a point where you have to do the same thing over and over and over again. So while Adjust was able to tell you how successful actually your marketing was, to then change it and enact that decision to go in and adjust all of these bids, adjust these volumes, change creatives is such a repetitive, tremendous task that it is a major roadblock to actually being able to do all the things that you say would like to do. You know, the things that mm-hmm. from the creativity of a marketer, from the ideas that all the things they want to do is a lot, lot bigger than the things that they will realistically do. And that, that was for us the kind of starting point to start looking into automation as an enabler for the creativity of a marketer. 
So you guys did adjust, uh, decided to adjust the life of a regular marketer for the better to get back his life, back to him, creative life. Just uh, get rid of a lot of repeated stuff in his life and basically set out his creativity for real, like create, be experiment, but not be basically drawn into repetitive tasks over and over on a daily basis. Exactly. And that's one of the kind of big, Uh, let's say, uh, differences we see in our philosophy when it comes to automation. Because when you say marketing automation, it means, you know, different things to different people. And one of the kind of core differences that we found in our definition is that we don't want to replace the human element. I believe marketing should be about human connection. But right now it is about who can click the most, basically, right? Who has mm -hmm. most time and nerve to do repetitive things over and over again. And for us, when we look at automation, it's not about an efficiency gain, like saying you now need only three people to do the job of that before 10 did. I don't think it is about that and it shouldn't be about that because the efficiency gains we get are not an order of magnitude or two. They are three or four orders of magnitude, which is so crazy that the ability what one human can do suddenly explodes and the, the job transforms from you know doing the same thing over and over again and going like, oh, maybe I would like to try this experiment, but saying just setting this up with three or four partners will take me all day and then I have to spend the next days hours just to adjust my bits on these campaigns and I'll keep everything in check have a look at this and if you can get all of this away a single human could run so many experiments could try so many different things and could much better tailor the marketing to the actual individual position of the user in the app and try to reach out to the user on a much more contextual level than right now, because right now you would never set up a campaign aimed at such a small amount of users, not because it wouldn't be efficient to talk to them on such a close level, but simply because setting up a campaign like this is just uneconomical. Got you. Speaking of your philosophy and philosophy about marketing automation and the, its definition, can you think of the, like, did you have the set of challenges, like the list of challenges you're trying to address for ad marketers when you were developing products to automate marketing? Sure. I mean, I don't want to give away our entire roadmap, but it is pretty easy. If you're an app marketer yourself, you just look at what you do all day, right? The first mm -hmm. thing that we want to tackle with, with the first product that we launched to, to all of our customers, uh, the control center, is to actually just remove the work of adjusting your bids and volumes. That means every morning, what, what a marketer typically does is to look at the numbers of the running campaigns, how they're performing, and increase the bids on those that perform well and increase the volumes and do the opposite of those that don't perform well. And that is should be relatively simple. But what it is today is typically somewhere between three and four hours of just clicking over and over and over and over again. And so the very first thing we want to do is make this go away completely by simply expressing your rules because that's what it is at the end of the day. You have a pretty simple rule typically in your head where you say, hey, if my ROAS is positive, then just increase the bid by 10%. Or if my day seven retention is higher than 20%, then bid more on these. Or if my fraud rejection rate on a certain campaign goes over a threshold, remove all the sub-publishers that you know, look bad. This doesn't really require kind of next level AI specialization or anything. It just requires a simple API to do all that clicking for you. And that's the first thing we want to give to them and cut that one out of their day. The next one, of course, that we're looking at is setting up a campaign is quite a pain in the ass if you want to do it for more than 
one network. And right now, our clients actually, on average, run on 14 different networks. That means you set, one, set up one campaign and you click the same thing 14 times. Then you set up the tracking, then you upload the creatives. And that shouldn't be so hard. And that's the next thing that we're looking at. How can we make campaigns that are faster, specifically in the combination with attribution and tracking, which you need in place, which still today takes a lot of time to go back and forth between different dashboards and just set everything up. And of course, one of the things that we also started eyeing is the whole concept of how does uh, creative management work? How are creatives even treated in today's world? They're the main kind of gateway of communication with your customers. They're the first thing that the end user sees. And yet, you know, if you look at a typical user acquisition operation, there barely ever is anyone really in charge of creatives because it is such a small part of the job today. Because every time someone gives you 100 new creatives, you will have to spend hours and hours uploading them, getting them in the right format, and then continuously check how they perform. That We don't focus on that this much today. And this is the kind of thing that I see also the biggest potential change. If you start changing all of these things, the job of a marketer starts to transform quite drastically. So I didn't know that it was that bad. I mean, if you're trying to work like 40 hours a week, right, and you have eight hours of work daily, and you spend usually like a couple hours on email, then you go through the, you know, bids adjusting, bunch of settings for a bunch of networks, and you spend three, four hours more. <laughs> How much time is left to be creative and pay attention to creatives to actually engage with your audience. Now, this leads me to my uh, next question. You personally, what kind of features you're kind of thinking about? Okay, that wouldn't be great to have this feature uh, in the marketing automation tools uh, set, but it's just a matter of, um, I don't know, I'm not asking you for (laughs) revealing your future plans, but just uh, your personal taste. What kind of new features you would like to have in marketing automation tools now? which they are lacking. I think one of the kind of key things that we have to see is where the the app marketing system is today, right? Because the web ecosystem is very different from the app marketing system, right? It's both Mm -hmm. basically called something online, something marketing, but it's not like that. In the web world, the stuff has gotten a little bit better. There's fewer different providers and typically stuff kind of works-ish the same. In the app world, it is completely opposite. That means that when you look at buying from the big social media providers or the big first party inventories, the big two or three, their interfaces are the complete opposite of each other. They don't relate to each other whatsoever. There is barely usable APIs to actually do anything outside of the very big providers. The small ones typically don't have any APIs. And there's simply more providers that you buy from. As I said, on average, our clients buy from 14 different networks. And that is on average. There's a lot of smaller marketers in there too. If you go to the hardcore power users, you're easily going to push that into 20, 30, 40 different kind of networks that all work differently, who have different kind of basic setups and different terminology even between targeting. And what I would like to see, automation shouldn't just be about like, how can we make the status quo slightly more bearable? Because that's what a lot of people seem to think about when they think about automation. When I think about automation, I would like I like to look ahead into how should the world be and then work backwards from what needs to happen for this to work. And my favorite example is to say where I believe 
the paradigm for user acquisition should move or will move where we can already see some of our clients actually going. And if you look at user acquisition today for apps, it's basically a huge funnel where you push in new users into your app. You're trying to acquire as many users as possible for your app, hence the name user acquisition. Now, the very advanced ones often have some type of retargeting where they look at the people that have churned and try to put them back at the top of the funnel, right? Where they say, hey, everyone that has used my app in 30 days, I want to retarget them or something. And that Mm -hmm. is considered advanced today. But what if you would be able to say your job is user acquisition for a game and you know that people churn once they lose three times in a row, Imagine you could run a campaign for everyone that had lost three times in a row and offer them a special item that'll, you know, ensure they'll win the next time or something very much coveted that you know is worth giving to them because they'll come back in the app and and play again. If with a push of a button, you could create such a campaign and run it across all of your marketing partners, not just like one or two networks, but 10, 15 networks, no problem. Select a pool of creatives where a designer gets direct feedback, which of those work well for this campaign and which ones don't so that he can start focusing on honing in on the best possible creative. And you as a marketer can run this experiments without any huge oversight where you can simply say, hey, the KPI I'm looking to optimize for is this Please do everything necessary within these boundaries to make that happen. And the thing is, what would happen next is, of course, that you wouldn't just congratulate yourself and spend the next eight hours you know, hanging out on Reddit. You would actually come up with another idea. You would say, hmm, okay, if I can't reach them like that, maybe I should you know, try to reach them out a different way. Or I find a different point in my app where I see a potential to bring a user back in or to upsell him something right? Where my marketing suddenly becomes much more focused on what my product actually does. Because right now, product and marketing are two distinct departments that interact and overlap somewhat, but it's never a really tight integration. But imagine a world in which marketing can generally and for every user increase the LTV by talking to everyone under a certain set of, of contextual kind of cues where you can say, hey, if this happened, it would be a good idea to reach out to the user and try to you know, get him back in or try to upsell him because he's having a good streak and maybe I can you know, use that kind of euphoric to bring him to do something that I would like him to do. And if you look at that perspective and compare it today, I mean, these things are so different from each other that for me, the question of automation isn't just really how can I make the status quo better? It is a, how can I enable a future and where the value of marketing is even bigger than today, which, you know, we've already seen the birth of the fastest growing companies ever driven by this mobile first doctrine and this kind of app marketing as the absolute center growth engine for companies. And I think that's not the end of it. I think we've just seen the beginning and I believe with more technology, we can actually see some some much bigger impact of marketing on the product performance directly. Right, so you're envisioning, uh, envisioning the future when marketers can actually understand their uh, audience on scale as as well as good as the person he, he or she is talking to directly one-on-one that kind of understanding what she or he needs in in this app or let's figure out the reason why he or she doesn't like the app. 
Exactly. Like if you could try to find out what is it that made your users churn and then interact with them and say, hey, okay, what's the problem here? How can right. we solve this problem? I believe a lot of the performance that we're seeing today where it's not untypical to have somewhere between 70 to 80% your users churn on the first day. And I think a lot of that is simply what the users expected you have to do or what you know it didn't do. And if you could easier find out how to improve upon that and how to communicate with them. Or, you know, if you have the problem, if your whales start churning, when we stay at the topic of games, right? If you have someone that spends mm-hmm. $500 or even $1,000 a month on your game and suddenly he goes away, you should be able to reach out to him with any means necessary in trying to find out what the problem was or offer him something to come back. All right, yeah, got you. What are your thoughts about the current state of machine learning and specifically for uh, marketing automation? Can you think of any pros and cons you can share? Sure. I think today marketing automation and machine learning or AI are issues that get a lot of, that get conflated and get put together where they don't really belong together because what I just explained is marketing automation doesn't really need any fancy machine intelligence because it is simple rules. It is simply taking APIs or making partners give us APIs and write programs that use these APIs pretty much exactly like the user told us. A lot of people that talk about machine learning in the, in the sense of automation have a different vision or a different idea of what automation should be. And very often it involves replacing the human in the role of running the marketing, which I think is, a, is one of those kind of, let's say, uh, it's a little too technology euphoric. It believes that a machine can do this better. I fundamentally believe that humans are better at talking to humans. Humans want to talk to humans, right? Like no, this whole two years ago, there was this huge thing of chatbots replacing everything and becoming the new storefront and they're going to be the biggest things ever. As it turns out, humans don't like communicating with machines, even if Mm -hmm. the machines are more... It doesn't work. And the same is true for marketing. You want to have a marketing that is personable enough not to be creepy but you want something that's contextual or maybe funny or at least entertaining no one just wants to see boring advertisement right and so i don't think we're just at a point yet where you know the current ai technology allows us to have a funny marketing campaign or an interesting creative that you know fits a certain context for something that is something we're still very very far away from But what we do have is the technology to take at least a lot of the tedious stuff that we're currently doing away and focus more on coming up with something clever and smart. Because I think the people that think, hey, machine can do this job, fail to understand what the marketer could do if he wouldn't spend his time on, you know, grinding through Excel-like interfaces over and over again. I think for me, it's a little short-sighted to say, hey, all of this should be done by a machine. We don't need humans at all. Marketing can all be run by one big AI blob. Again, as I said, that is something where I think it's a little little too short-sighted. And also it sells short the ability of humans to come up with clever stuff. Now, when listeners will be listening to our conversation in their homes, and it's, this is the quarantine where uh, pretty much all of us are in at this moment, I want to ask you, what would be your suggestions for app marketers when their uh, work routine, uh, probably not for all of them, some of them could, um, could, start, could begin to work uh, from home uh, before that, 
quarantine happened. So as of now, so many, so much more app marketers work from home and it could be a really drastic change in their workflow. They may feel not familiar. They didn't know how to be productive in this environment. What would you suggest? Well, I think from you know a marketer's perspective, despite having to work from home, this is an opportunity. We can see our traffic has increased over 20% in the last couple of weeks. And we're talking that at a very, very high base level. Some of the uh, gaming publishers we see basically have doubled their traffic. That means now is the time. Your customers are sitting at home looking at their phone, not doing too much, right? So reach out to them. Try to run campaigns. Prices are coming down because the availability of inventory is going through the roof. And as I said, now might be a time for a funny campaign, right? Like cheer people up a little bit. Don't be too gloomy and reach out to them, offer them some entertainment, right? And I believe that right now is a pretty good opportunity for that. Of course, from the marketer sitting at home or working from home, that's pretty much the same thing as everyone else right now working from home. We all have to find a way to stay sane, you know, to, you know, exercise a little bit, not go crazy. But right now, it's, I think, also very important not to be too focused on, oh, this is a huge crisis. And it is, and it's, of course, a huge uh, struggle and problem. But also, from an app marketer's perspective, all of your customers are on their phone right now. So you might want to, you know, start reaching out to them. Right, totally makes sense. Now I have a few quick questions for you, kind of a funny ones where I ask every guest on the show. So, okay, iOS and Android, on which side are you? iOS, I started out with the very first iPhone as an app developer, so that's where my heart still is. <laughs> You're continuing the tradition, like pretty much every guest we had, except perhaps one or two, which is on the Android side. That's an interesting observation. What is your first mobile phone? That was a Nokia 3210. Uh, it was a very robust phone and it did do snakes, so it already had games. Cool. Uh, okay, okay, let's get back to this day. What is your favorite app now and why? My favorite app, at least according to my screen time, seems to be Reddit because, you know, I, I love being able to consume a little bit of content on the go and, you know, Reddit allows you very tailored kind of flow of, of articles and news. And yeah, I'm a big fan. All right. Can you think of a, an app that is kind of overrated, too much of a hype, but to be honest, it shouldn't be any? Hmm. Yeah, well, that's something I, I don't know. I don't use surprisingly that many different apps. I use a couple of apps a lot. And so I don't really kind of follow the news on what is like super hip. Of course, I'm I'm not exactly the TikTok generation anymore. So I'm pretty sure most of the apps are that right now. <laughs> get a lot of get a lot of uh, use you know useful to their users but i guess that's that's on a very individual level so difficult to say from my end all right what are two app technologies are you most excited about I'm really excited about seeing more bandwidth come in when we talk about 5G the opportunity to basically make your phone the only computing platform that you need because you can do a lot of the heavy operations in the cloud and stream the results in real time down to the phone. I think we're going to see um, maybe eventually a successful gaming streaming service. I know we just you know tried one and that didn't work out, but I believe we're, we're on the, at the cusp of, of actually having some really great content that may be computationally heavy available on a mobile phone with a very fast connection. And I believe we'll see some really interesting kind of game-changing uses of that technology in the next couple of years. 
All right, cool. Before I let you go, before we're wrapping it up, how can people get to know more about what Adjust does? Of course, we have our website. There's a lot of case studies. If you're a marketer from a certain field or from a certain vertical, we have case studies and playbooks for most of the verticals there. There's also subpages that explain the use case for you. So that's definitely a great way to start and find out more of what we do. And then, of course, you know, if you want to talk to us, there's all kinds of ways to get in touch with us. They're all also on the website, adjust.com. Just go there and, yeah, we can either reach out, you know, in person via a sales rep. There's uh, live support there so whatever you need i'm pretty sure you're going to be able to find it there awesome thanks so much for your time and coming on our podcast paul thank you thank you so much for having me bye bye and that was paul miller cto and co-founder of adjust to listen to more episodes subscribe to our podcast on itunes spotify and stitcher just search for pieces of apps and you will find us easily once you subscribe you will be able to get new episodes on your smartphone tablet or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also label on businessofapps.com. Till the next time. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.